Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Good morning, everybody. It is wonderful to see all of you today, uh, just here in church. No better place to be on a Sunday morning than right here, right? That's right, right. Just family in the house of the Lord, worshiping the Lord together. want to welcome all of our online family, whether you're in this North Dakota, Minnesota area, or maybe around the nation, or even around the world. You never know nowadays where people are at and tuning in, so welcome. You're so welcome to join with us today, as well as our family in Crookston. Uh, we are really excited about what God is doing in the community of Crookston. It was a few years ago, actually about four years ago, that we planted another campus in the community of Crookston. We were having probably about 50 people from there coming here, and we said, what would it be like if we just started a campus, another church in Crookston? And they all like, yeah, let's do this. So we did that. Uh, We just recently hired uh, Joel and Ellie Schwartz. Uh, They have been with us now. Hello, guys. This is their sixth Sunday, been with us for five weeks, and we're so thankful to have them. Uh, For the last two years in Crookston, we have been meeting in the Valley Tech Park, and we're so thankful for the community, the city of Crookston, that's allowed us to meet there. We were recently informed that that time is coming to an end, and we certainly understand their reason for that and certainly support that, Uh, but we are in the process of looking for a place to meet as a church family. And so as a result, what we are doing, we have until November 1st to find that place, so it's, it's Ticking down, okay? So we got, you know, we, uh, however many weeks, five, six weeks left. Uh, but what I've really got is laid in my heart, and that is this, just to really call us together as a church to a day of prayer and fasting for this matter. Uh, we have walked through 15 to 20 different buildings over the last couple years, and nothing has materialized. Uh, and so this coming Wednesday, this Wednesday, September 21st, really just calling our entire body together just to a day of prayer and fast. And you can pray pray however you want, you know, at morning, lunch, uh, just at your home, whatever you'd like. In the evening, seven o'clock is our Wednesday prayer time. So we're gonna be gathering here. And one of the things we're gonna do is really focusing and pray praying over that, that the Lord would help us to find a place in Crookston. This will be now the second week, but you guys are gonna meet at Valley Tech Park at at seven o'clock. Pastor Joel will be leading a prayer time there for you. And we're just really praying and believing that God's going to open up that place for us. You know, all of us, all of us are in a battle. What I mean by that is we have one who opposes us. The Bible talks about an adversary. And we know that Freedom Church, Crookston, has an adversary. The battle is not against flesh and blood, it's not against people. The Bible says it's about against spiritual wickedness that exists in high places. So it's a spiritual battle, and the way that you fight spiritual battles is not physically, but on a spiritual plane, and it's prayer, when we call God's people together in prayer, that engages the enemy at that level, and we see victory in the spiritual plane, and then it manifests itself on the physical realm. And so. Uh, just encourage you to join us uh, just on, on this Wednesday. Maybe write it on your calendar, whatever you need to put it, but uh, just uh, times of, of prayer fasting uh, that God will help us to find this place uh, for Crookston. We're going through a series of sermons entitled Life Saver. Uh, in so doing, what we're doing, we're looking at the book of the Old Testament book of Psalms, looking at a Psalm of David looking at the context of that chapter written, and then looking about how does that apply to us. David prayed this in Psalm 34, 4. He said, I sought the Lord, 
and he answered me, and he rescued me from all my fears. I love this verse. Isn't it awesome? I sought the Lord. He answered me and rescued me from all of my fears. Fear is a terrible thing, isn't it? It's a powerful thing. It, it is a, fear is this real or a perceived threat to us as an individual or to one of our loved ones. I think all of us, all of us can struggle with fear in different areas. I know that I can. And there can be times I'm like, honey, speaking to Mary, I just feel so anxious. I don't know why I feel so anxious and just kind of, and, 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 and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I think all of us can struggle with fear at different times, and I do understand that others struggle with like maybe a, a much heightened sense, and so as we talk about this subject, I really wanna be sensitive to those this morning. David said, I sought the Lord he answered me, he delivered me from all my fears. And the key to understanding the context of Psalm 34 is this, it, it's looking to, it says Psalm 34, if you're reading your Bible, it says Psalm 34, and then there's just this sentence of descriptive, describing the context, and then it goes into verse one. I will bless the Lord at, at all times. It talks about that. But, but this, this, this is the descriptive phrase that helps us to understand the context. It says this, you may have it in your scripture, uh, it says, a psalm of David when he feigned madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. Anybody know the story? A psalm of David, a song of David when he feigned, he pretended to be insane before Abimelech who drove him away and then David departed. Sounds like a kind of an interesting story. Here's the context of Psalm 34. David, a teenage shepherd boy, has killed Goliath, the Philistine giant. It was an incredible victory for the Israelites. It completely broke David single-handedly, as a shepherd teenage boy, single-handedly broke the Philistine oppression over the nation of Israel. 1 Samuel 18.6 records what happens after the slaying of the giant. It happened as they were coming. The Israelites, the armies of Israel, with Saul and David, when they returned from the battle, they're going back home, and when they returned from killing the Philistines, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. Verse seven, and the woman sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry. This is King Saul. It says he became very angry for this saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? Like, because David has, has delivered the entire nation of Israel by killing this giant Goliath. And so when they come back into the, the like coming back home, the ladies come out like, woo, and us guys are always trying to please the ladies, right? Another sermon, another time. Okay, but, but, in, a, but in, in all of it, like, like they're coming, and the ladies are like, whoa, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands, and Saul becomes angry. He becomes like, like, what more can this young guy do except take the kingdom from me? And verse nine, so Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on, a key verse. He looks at him with suspicion, the blessing of God rested upon David. In fact, it says later in this chapter that every, within this context, it says everything that he did prospered. 
here's this young kid, and everything that he does prospers, and Saul, the king, sees that. At the same time, as a result of David's prosperity, King Saul is struggling with a big case of insecurity, perhaps a little bit of self-doubt. His self-confidence has been dealt maybe just a little bit of a blow. He's incredibly consumed with jealousy and suspicion. And so from there, he seeks for ways to kill David. I mean, think about it. David kills Goliath, delivers the nation of Israel from Philistine oppression, and now David's own king, Saul, says, I'm gonna kill you now. And a couple of times as he's playing the harp, you know, Saul, with just this jealousy and just, just consumed with, with, with just such, such negative emotion, grabs his spear with an attempt to, to, to kill David and to nail him against the wall, but David, uh, through the help of the Lord, escapes. And so eventually, eventually what, what happens is David flees from his own king, he flees, flees the nation of Israel, and he finds himself back in the nation of Philistia, uh, the land of the Philistines. I mean, it, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. He's running from his own king, and he goes into the, 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 the land of the Philistines. While he's in the land of the Philistines, David appears before Achish, who is the king of Gath. Okay, Achish. Achish is the personal name. Chapter 34, Psalms, it says his name was Abimelech. Abimelech is like the, 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 the dynasty name, like, like Pharaoh of Egypt. That's like the name of the, it wasn't his personal name. And so Abimelech and Achish are like the same guy. It's the same person. And when David is standing before the king of, 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 of Gath, of the, the Philistine king, one of, one of Achish's servants says, hey, king, isn't that the guy that killed Goliath? And David's like, no, no, don't tell him. Don't tell him, that's me, I'm the one that did it, because Achish didn't know at the moment. And 1 Samuel 21, 12 says that David took these words to heart and he greatly feared Achish, king of Gath. As a result, David, the one who just within the last year has killed Goliath, 10-foot-tall Goliath, the man, the young guy that's been anointed to be king of Israel, as a result, you know how David responds in this moment? He feigns madness. In other words, he pretends to be insane. David, Goliath, giant killer, pretends to be insane, and so what he does, he begins to draw on the doors of the gate. It says, it says the doors, there's these gates, they're huge gates, and he begins to draw on it, and it says he allowed his, his saliva to run down his beard. He just begins, he begins to slobber down himself, pretending like, like, like he's insane, like he's mad. And so when King Achish comes out, he looks at this slobbering guy, and he's like, what? And he's like put out at him. He says, I have enough madmen in my nation. Why would I have one more? Get him out of here. And so they remove David from before Achish and he survives. So when he wrote Psalm 34, <laughs> it's crazy. When he writes Psalm 34, he's just escaped from King Achish. Crazy, isn't it? Here's the thing, fear can cause us to do all kinds of strange things, right? 
David allows saliva to run down his beard, writes on the wall because he's pretending to be insane. Abraham and Isaac, when they're confronted by some, some foreign kings, they lie saying, these aren't really our wives. This isn't my wife. This is our sister. Yeah, yeah, it's our sister. Fear caused Jonah to run in a completely opposite direction from what God had called him. For Elijah, there's a woman after he just has, has just like completely destroyed the 400 prophets, there's this Queen Jezebel, and he runs with fear to this isolated, remote, barren wilderness. Fear caused Pilate to turn over a completely innocent man over to the angry mob. Because fear, would you agree with me, fear can cause us to do a lot of crazy things. A little bit of an embarrassing story. When Mary and I were youth pastors, many, many years ago, we had, we had like teenagers at our house all the time. This was before we had kids. And we had teenagers at our house all the time. We, we had been renting a five-bedroom home, and, and I mean, it was just filled with kids all the time. One evening, it got really late. We're sitting on the couch. There's a wall, there's a couch, and everybody walks out the front door. We had the patio door, which was open behind us, and we had left that open, just the screen door. And so as Mary and I are sitting on the couch, two of the girls walked out the front door, see you later, they take off. But what I didn't know is that they snuck around the backyard and they snuck back through the house. And, and my wife knows I, I can get, become startled so easily. And my boys, three adult sons, like growing up, let me tell you something, they really... They had their way with dad more than once because of that too. I don't know why that is. But as I'm sitting, Mary and I are sitting on the couch, one girl comes around the wall this way, another comes around this wall, and, and just like they jump out like, yeah! And I, so embarrassing. I don't know why I did this. I spun around on my knees and I stuck my head in the cushions of the couch. <laughs> I just, ah! And I just like, ah! Oh! And I pull the, pull the, like the, the cushions over my head. And that was bad enough, but the thing that Mary did, she goes, she stands up, like, like, and like, like what's going on here? Like, she, like, 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 they've never allowed me to forget that because I can become startled so easily. I know, like, hand in my man card right now, like, like you're done, you're done, you're out of here, like, just forget it, you, you just lost it. But I mean, like, fear, like, I don't know why that is. Because when I become fearful, I just do crazy. I don't know. I don't want to do that. But like in that moment, I just react. How many can understand or relate a little bit to like when you get fearful, like the things that you can do? Fear can cause all kinds of things. It can cause sleeplessness, elevated heartbeat, stomach aches and ulcers, skin rashes, exhaustion, irritability, panic attacks, and all kinds of ills. That's the power of fear. And I think it's important to know something from the very beginning, and that is this. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Fear does not come from God. Fear does not come from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. I think it's important to understand that. David prays after just escaping, incredible fear, escaping the hand of Achish or Abimelech, and he, he prays and says, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. 
there's three things that happened in this verse. Number one, he says, David said, I sought the Lord. And I wanna be careful not just to, to broad stroke some, some, like, some quaint spiritual result or, or, or like answer to, to something that's, that's very traumatic or difficult. But I believe from, from, from the perspective, from, from the Lord's perspective, it begins by seeking him. And David said, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord. David was an incredible warrior, wasn't he? He was, a, he was an amazing soldier, a wonderful king. Numerous times in the life of David, he exhibited courage. Oftentimes, he displayed valor and bravery and, and, and boldness and heroism. And I, believe me, after the story I just related to you, David had many, many other instances where he faced fear like face to face. And this, this is my thought. What I think happened is this. David says, you know, last time I became fearful, I pretended to be insane. That actually worked. However, as a commander, because after, after he killed David, the Bible says that Saul put him in charge of all the men of war. If I'm gonna be leading men of war, and if every time I get fearful, I'm gonna be then drooling, and I'm gonna begin like writing on the walls, I'm not gonna get really far. I gotta do something a little bit different. Knowing that I've been anointed to be king, if I ascribe to this, you know, attain this, 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 the kingship of Israel and I'm facing fear and every time I face fear, I begin just like slobbering down my beard. Like this isn't gonna go well. I gotta figure something out. I mean, it worked the first time, but I'm not gonna do it the second time because when you have like an insane king or an insane commander of the, of the men of war, I mean, like, that's not going to be highly accepted, right? This is not going to go well, so I've got to figure out something different. And I love, I love, I love David. I love the Psalms. I, I read the Psalms almost every day because I find myself identifying with him because he's so honest with his thoughts. And there are numerous times in the book of Psalms where David speaks of seeking the Lord and the blessings associated with it. David said, Psalm 1611, you will make known to me to the path of life in your presence, in your presence there is fullness, not of fear, but there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 63, one, oh God, you are my God, I will seek you earnestly. One translation says, early. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. And those are just a couple verses. I mean, there's just, there's just a whole bunch of verses where David says, I sought the Lord. I sought the presence of the Lord. And when you read further in the context of what we just read, there are numerous times where it says, and David sought the presence of the Lord. And David sought the presence of the Lord. And David strengthened himself in the Lord. There's something that he learned. It begins with just seeking the Lord. And can I tell you something? I have found that to be so true. There are times in my life I'll say to Mary, I don't know, I just feel so anxious today. <laughs> like, well, honey, why are you anxious? I don't know, I just feel so anxious today. I don't know if that's anybody that, I know that can be me, and I like, can be fearful or anxious, and like, why, I don't know, I just, I just there's this, my heart's feeling, beating kind of fast, and I just, I, I, I don't know. And I've found the solution is just, is, is one thing. 
for me, what I found is this. If I'm here at church, there's a room upstairs. We call it, it's the youth room by Wednesday night, but it's the prayer room the rest of the time. And if I can just walk in that room and shut the door, Psalm 62, verse eight, David says, trust in the Lord at all times, O people, and pour out your heart before him because God is a refuge for us. That's, that's gotta be one of the greatest verses of the Bible. Pour out your heart before him because God is a refuge for us. And if I can just go in this room, if I'm at home, normally I walk in the, the lower level of our home and, and just go in and close the door and say, God, I'm turning off the TV. I'm gonna leave my phone maybe upstairs or wherever it is, I'm gonna turn it off because I'm, I don't wanna be like interrupted and say, God, I'm now gonna pour out my heart before you. God, I really need this answer, God. Lord, I'm committed, Lord, Lord, I'm facing this decision. I don't know exactly what decision, I don't know the answer to this decision that I need to make. God, I don't know, Lord, this individual, Lord, there's such deep hurts. God, I don't know how to help them. I don't know what's gonna happen, God. And so I'm asking you, God, in Jesus' name, God, that you would just open up heaven, God, that you would give me the solution, that you would lead me to whatever it may be. And there's something about pouring your heart before him. I don't understand it, but there's something that in God's presence, fear does not have an opportunity to thrive. Fear has no authority in God's presence. Fear has no power in the presence of God. If I can just come to that place and open up my heart, and I think that's what David was saying. I sought the Lord. I sought his presence, and he heard me, and he rescued me from all of my fears. In fact, just a few verses later, the same chapter, the same context, the same story, Psalm 34, 6, David said, this poor man this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse 34, 17, the righteous cry, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of his trouble. It's a theme found not only in Psalm 34, but it's a theme found in all of Scripture, that when we cry out to the Lord and we come to him, he hears us and delivers us. And so today, I would just say this, that in fear, don't allow fear to keep you from God's presence. There's something about just turning off the TV and all the distractions and just saying, God, I need you today. Lord, I ask, and maybe put on a little bit of worship music, some, whatever that favorite worship song is, stick that on, the, uh, on your phone or on the Bluetooth speaker, whatever it is, and, just, and take some time just to be right in that place where God is. And there's something so incredibly powerful about that. I encourage you to do that. I sought the Lord, number two, he answered me. Can you imagine that? that God answered David, that God answers us, that when we come to God, we don't get a busy signal, we don't get a voicemail, we don't get some kind of automated voicemail instructing us with different prompts. You know, press one if you'd like, the, you know, whatever. But, but uh, I sought the Lord, he heard me. He heard me, and I know what some of you may be saying, you may be thinking like, why would God answer my prayers? Satan knows the power of prayer, and so what he attempts to do is to cause, plant self-doubt in our minds of this, like, no, like, why would God answer your prayer? Do you really think that God has time for you? You don't even really know how to pray. I mean, come on. And just so that you know, the answer to those questions are this. Yes, God will answer your prayers. Yes, he hears you. Yes, he has time for you. And if you know how to have an intelligible conversation with another person, you have what it takes to be an incredible prayer. 
you have what it takes to be an incredible prayer. Amen. I think it's important to put this in context. God is our Father. We are his children. And when we're struggling with fear, what does the heart of a dad do? I wanna be there to help my child who's struggling with fear. I was just recounting the story with Mary last night as we just went for a walk. I said, do you remember, do you remember when our son, our middle son was just, I guess he was about two years old, Mary uh, thought, and we were pastoring a church in western South Dakota, and so we invited a, a, a couple, uh, a married couple, a children's evangelists to come to our church, and so they had like puppets, and they had different games, and it was just, it was a Sunday night through Wednesday night, and so they just, uh, they were there to minister to the kids, and we invited all the kids of the community. It was, it was a great time. Well, they had, one of the things that they had, uh, they had this life-size purple gorilla costume. And so one of the teenagers of our church, Matt, would put on before services this life-size purple gorilla costume detachable head, fan in the, in the thing to keep him cool and, and put it on. And so when we went to church, our, our middle son, Dan, who was about two years old at the time, saw this huge purple gorilla and just panicked and ran to me, jumped up in my arms and I held him. In fact, for the whole service, I held him. And his little body quivered. I mean, he was so petrified of this purple gorilla. We even, we even at, a, at a distance, I said, Matt, we went in the back room, said, Matt, who is wearing the outfit, could you take off your mask? And so he took off the mask, laid it beside it on his shoulder, and said, Dan, see, this, this, is, this is Matthew. This, this isn't, he's just pretending to be this gorilla. And it didn't matter because he, just, he would just tremble and quake and shake. In fact, when we went home that night, Mary and I were not ones to have kids jumping in the bed with us all the time, but on that night, there was only one thing that would satisfy him. It wasn't to be with Mary. It wasn't even to lay between us in bed. But our two-year-old son, the only thing that would satisfy him is when he, as I'm laying on my back in bed, he jumped up on my chest, wrapped his arms around me with his chest against my chest, his legs around my stomach, and he just went to bed like this because of this dumb purple gorilla. <laughs> Man, wish we knew more things now, like what we would know then, what we know now, right? Like, get rid of the purple gorilla, he's done, he's done. Like, but the only way he would sleep was just holding on to me like this. Even at night. And I think about God, putting this whole thing in context. I'm fearful, I don't know what to do. I don't know how things are gonna turn out. I don't know if I have what it takes to meet the challenges that lie ahead. And so we call out to God and he answers us. And what's a, what's a loving father gonna do? As we cling to him, say, God, I'm not letting you go because look, I, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm trembling, I'm quaking. I don't know what to go to do. I saw the Lord David said, he heard me and he rescued me because that's what dads do. That's what loving fathers do. Psalm 18, 19, we talked about it last week. He brought me forth also into a broad place, and he rescued me 
because my dad really delights in me, because he delights in me. He delights in me. And that's number three, is that he rescued me. He rescued me. I sought the Lord, he heard me, he rescued me. He rescued me. I'm gonna ask Jordan and the band if you guys would come and just begin to play that song uh, today. It really happens today as, as we just call on the Lord. And I know there's a lot of different areas we could go into, a lot of, in fact, six months ago, we went through a series on giants still fall, and we talked a little bit about fear, and I laid out some truths about dealing with it, very practical, about focusing on the truth. What do you know is true? Stay in community, and we talked about a number of things about the giants in our lives and talked about this, and I just felt this is gonna go a little bit different direction today. You can listen to that sermon if you'd like. Uh, just on, on, our, on our website, but, but this is saying, God, if we can just come to be in your presence and just call on your name, I know he'll answer and he'll rescue us from our fears, from our fears. And so here today in Grand Forks, as well as I know that you're listening in Crookston today, I want us to do something. Can we all just stand together? Can we stand I want you to know that God sees you where you're at. He sees that fear. He sees that threat that's threatening you, maybe your well-being or your health or the health or, or the safety of, of one of your loved ones today. He sees that, and, and that, that can be that thing that results in fear. But I know this, that what David experienced, he tried feigning insanity, and that worked once, but like, I can't keep doing that. I gotta do something different. And he discovered the power of the presence of just being where God is. And so what I want us to do here, as well as in Crookston, can we just take some time? Can we just, can we open up our hearts and as they just play this, the music in the background, can we just press into the Lord today? Can we just kind of like in our own way, shut the doors of our quiet place, our prayer closet that Jesus instructed us in? And can we just come before him and call on his name? Let's just take a few moments to do that collectively and corporately today, if we can do that today in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, today as we just come to you, Lord, I thank you for this verse, Lord, how that David sought you, you heard him, and then you delivered him from all of his fears. And God, we call on your name today, God, Lord. I know there are individuals today that are struggling with fear in whatever reason, for their own health, for the safety of their family, oh God, or because of, 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 because of a, a situation at work, or whatever it may be. And Lord, today we call on your name, God. Lord, if you don't come through in this situation, oh God, on our behalf, Lord, then the future is gonna look really blue. But Father, we know that in your presence, oh God, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, oh God, there's peace. In your presence, oh God, there is such hope today. And so Father, it's you that we call on today, Lord. Not our own efforts, not our own creative genius, oh God. Not our own resources, because those things fall so far short. In the name of Jesus, we call on the name of Jesus creator of heaven and earth, to intervene on our behalf, oh God. In Jesus' name, Lord, would you rescue us and deliver us from all fear, Lord, all doubt, all panic, all, Lord, just feelings of, of insecurity or just the upheaval that's going on in our life, whatever it is, in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you every situation, Lord, that we're facing. We give it all to you now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God. In Jesus' name, oh God, we praise you today. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.